0: we begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast we pay our respects to the elders past and present we extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today Mm
1: Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship, and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. Good morning, everybody. How are you feeling this week, Amy?
0: Look, it's been rough. Um, It's different. I I thought this second trimester was meant to be all about the glow, and um, (laughs) that's not how I'm feeling a lot of the time. So, yeah, yeah, just... I guess we'll touch on it because we're both going to give a bit of an update this week as to where we're at. Um, but I wasn't expecting the nausea. Yeah. That came back with a vengeance this week. Oh, no. Um, and just the real lack of sleep. Like mm-hmm. I've started seeing just like a therapist to deal with like the anxiety intrusive thoughts that we've discussed mm-hmm. and she asked about my sleep and I told her I was awake every two hours. She's like, yep, that's your biological clock preparing you. That won't get any better, so get used to it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really strange, isn't it, because mm-hmm. you don't expect that to happen so early no. on. You're like. Like, Hang on a second. I'm only halfway through here. Why? Why am I prepping for this? But that's what happens.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So it's been a sickly, non-sleepy week. So oh, no. a little bit frustrated. Yeah. But you know, it's it could be worse.
1: Okay. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and you? Um. Yeah. It's been a busy week here. It's funny. I thought like I'm on maternity leave, and then I realized like I'm organizing my own baby shower this weekend. Mm. So. I effectively have still worked.
0: Yeah, you still got the
1: whole time. to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's been like packed down from my last job and trying to start to get some things put away from that because I know I won't be needing them for a couple of months, but then also like prepping for my own thing on the weekend. Yeah. It's not a big thing. But, you know, you still need to... You're make still
0: sure hosting you're, people at home and... Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Make sure the house is, like, kind of somewhat not in complete disarray and that I've got enough glasses for everyone to drink out of, that kind of thing, basic stuff. So it's been busier than I thought. Like, it literally got to Thursday night and I was like, hang on, where did the weekend go? my Like, the week go because my hubby doesn't work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so... I sort of expect Friday as like the beginning of our weekend yep. and I was like no 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 yesterday was Monday I don't know how that just happened so yeah it's just kind of I feel like the weeks are ticking by and we're getting really down to the wire so I'm yep. a bit stressed but yeah i think definitely let's do an update in depth because people keep asking like how's pregnancy going how's amy going and i just think it's probably about time that we kind of go over where we're at in our pregnancies any surprises or symptoms or struggles that we're going through it's been about a month since we've done this so probably a good time to and we will
0: be taking a break in the next couple of weeks. We'll probably only have a week or so left yes. um, with you. And then I'm heading off for a little bit and Lex is obviously about to have a baby. So Yay, we'll take a short break before we come back for season three. That sounds crazy. That is but, pretty um, nuts, yeah. yeah. So you've got us for this week and probably next week and then we'll and then be we'll out we'll your ears and leave you alone for disappear. a little while.
1: <laughs> disappear for about a month, I'd say, just so we can start to – work out what we are going to do i guess in regards to trying to juggle newborn toddler and late stage pregnancy for Mm. you so It'll be an interesting space. We are still loving this, guys, and we do want to keep doing it for you. We know that you guys are enjoying it because we have seen a few little reviews pop up lately, which is so nice.
0: And we're still going to be all over social media and stuff, so we're not disappearing completely. We just want to be in your ears every week. Exactly. For a little while. Yeah.
1: All right, so, Amy, give the listeners an idea. What's your week? What is happening to you? Any surprises or symptoms?
0: So... The week has been generally busy, so my husband's business always picks up around that springtime. As mm-hmm. the weather gets warm, people tend to go, oh, maybe I could be outside with my pets, and yeah. we get this rush. So we've been doing that. My sister-in-law just had her first baby, so we're planning for a trip down south as well to visit mm-hmm. her. Um, so there's a lot going on, and I thought I was feeling great because the last probably three to four weeks or so, I've not really felt pregnant, with the exception mm. of when I bend over, which yes. I'm starting to realise just does not happen. I yeah reach from standing to the floor anymore. No. Um, I was in a shop the other day and the lady in front of me knocked something off the display counter and just walked away. And I was like frustrated, but frustrated because I knew that for me to bend down and it up <laughs> was going to be a bit of a struggle. Yes. But I did and went, oh, okay, yeah, like there's an actual mass yeah. in the centre of my body and I cannot do that so easily anymore. Yeah. Um, but besides the lack of bending and lifting, I wasn't really feeling – much else Mm. and then this week hit and i cannot stop gagging and throwing up and i thought that was meant to be gone by this point um but everything brushing my teeth uh eating red meat eating too much eating too little um wake up feeling like i want to gag it's just and for anyone who knows me like I'm a massive meat eater. Like Mm. I will cook red meat three, four times a week minimum pre-pregnancy. I think I've eaten it three or four times in this entire pregnancy because I can't keep it down. Yeah. Which in itself is an issue because as we know, I'm anemic. So that's not real helpful either. Um, But like I made lamb last night and I was all psyched up for it and I got halfway through it and I literally started gagging and vomiting over my plate and my cousin was like, no, I don't feel like the rest of mine either. And I was like, I don't know what it was, but suddenly it was in my throat and it Mm -hmm. could not stay there any longer. Um, Oh, that's awful. fun. Yeah, and I like brushing my teeth still gets me most mornings. Mm -hmm. I just I don't know what it is about the sensation. It doesn't even have to be on my back of my tongue. Mm -hmm. If the brush is any further than past my front teeth, that's it. It doesn't it's not good. And then the the lack of sleep thing. I didn't realise that was going to be so prominent. I figured that would maybe come around as I got more uncomfortable Mm -hmm. or as I got significantly bigger. Like I'm now noticeably pregnant, but not so much like I'm feeling it in my back a bit and I'm feeling it when I bend. But I'm not, obviously turn pregnant there's still mm. a lot to go yeah. so I figured it would be another month or two until I got bigger and more uncomfortable but that sleep would start to drop mm. off but I am lucky to get through a night without three or four wakes at the moment
1: oh that's so um, is it hard for you to get back to sleep
0: it depends on the night so some nights it is and some nights it's not um, last night was better I think I worked three times and both uh, all three times I was back to sleep in 10-15 minutes mm-hmm. but the night before I was up every hour and it was 20-25 oh, okay. minutes before I doze off and then suddenly I was awake again <laughs> Um yeah, so I did see a therapist or a psychologist the first time this week just to go through some of that anxiety that's still kind of mm-hmm. lingering. Um that's the other thing that makes me throw up is when baby boy moves. So oh, yeah, yeah, it's he rolls. A weird sensation, yeah. Isn't it? um it's not definitive kicks and stuff at the moment. It's just like this rolling obviously he's moving in all that mm-hmm. fluid, um, and it makes me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But because I'm still not feeling like the definitive movements from him and, you know, that's a kick and that's that, Mm -hmm. um, I'm still quite nervous and still getting scans each week because I'm not really having any other experiences Mm -hmm. besides this nausea that's come back. Um, so yeah, so I was went and I was talking to this psychologist and we were just going through like how to handle the anxiety and some mm-hmm. thoughts. And she asked about my sleeping because sleeping makes your anxiety oh, 10 times sure. worse. Yeah. And she basically told me that that was not going to change and just to get used to it because that's your biological mm-hmm. preparing you. Um, and I probably won't sleep again through the night for the next couple of years. So oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> it's a bit of a
1: bummer, isn't it? And I think that because it starts so early you don't expect it either because you're like why is my body training me Mm. now I still have you know another 20 weeks to go before I need to deal with this as a problem
0: and I said that to Gary the other night I was like I expected we hit summer to be uncomfortable and not sleeping but I honestly thought I'd get another couple of months of decent rest before Mm. that happened and it's just not the case
1: (laughs) yeah no I think it's an odd thing isn't it because it's something that maybe people don't really explain that it kicks (laughs) off so (laughs) so when it happens you're like what is happening to me
0: yeah and you're already so tired Mm -hmm. and it's like can i just and like i find that i get really Irritated in the middle of the night. Like, I'll mm. wake up and I'll be so annoyed that I'll then find that I'm laying in bed getting teary because I'm frustrated mm. because I just want to go back to sleep and stay asleep. Like, yeah. And then if I wake and it's just to go to the bathroom, I'll be like, no, I'm not getting up to pee. I'm laying in my bed. Like, I'm not <laughs> doing this. And it might last half an hour. And it's like, no, you're definitely you getting to up. Go. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely. Because I think that's the other side of things as well. Like, even though baby isn't huge, there's so much more in there. Mm. So your bladder is being squished already yeah it's just that you don't sort of consciously think about it but yeah. it cannot hold the liquid it used to be no. able to
0: <laughs> no so I was really looking forward to a few more straight eight hours but that's just not happening oh I'm so sorry
1: <laughs> welcome to the no sleep club hey.
0: <laughs> Uh, you know we're getting there so I think that's been mostly baby is fine he's still doing wonderfully every time we see Mm. him and rolling around and they keep commenting on what an active baby he is and how I'm gonna have my hands full and yeah I was like okay well that's good and they have said that my placenta is at the back so hopefully those kicks will become more defined Mm -hmm. over the next couple of weeks um i'm guessing you know all the strange stuff's gonna happen when i'm away from home and feeling unsettled anyway yeah
1: absolutely that's usually how it happens yeah
0: so yeah it's getting planned and i think i've realized that i'm not as organized as i thought or hoped to be Mm -hmm. and still i think we touched on it last week getting over big purchases and big milestones being exciting instead Mm -hmm. of scary
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: you know um I had a doctor say to me the other day, you know, you're probably not going to want to do anything in December because you're going to be pretty much full term and it's going to be hot. Like you Mm -hmm. kind of want to be organized by November. Yeah. So you've got about two, three months to get things in order. And I was like, excuse me? no oh, it's but how long it's to get things true. in order yeah, like, yeah and they said you absolutely don't want to be they said realistically your baby could it's not likely but could come anytime from Christmas onwards yeah um so they said you really want to be prepared before December hits yeah and I, I was just like I I don't know what to do with that information mm. like I really didn't think it was going this quickly like and when they're writing on my paperwork like in month five I was like we're in what month sorry yeah I know yeah. what's going on here yeah um So I think things are just moving by a lot quicker and, you know, as as my husband's business gets back into its busy period, I spend less time focusing on the pregnancy Mm -hmm. and more time focusing on that. And it's just like there's a lot happening right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. it's crazy because, like, Gary says to me, You know we planned this. We've been doing this for years, right? Mm-hmm. We've been trying for the like this is what you asked for. I'm like, Yes, yeah. I know. But like Now it's, it's actually happening. It's a whole new world and there's lots of things I wasn't expecting to mm-hmm. come with it. I wouldn't trade them for anything. Yeah. But it's just like, oh my God, there is so much happening and you just don't realise like I said to my neighbour the other day, I don't know how anyone holds down a full-time job working Mm. for a third party Mm. while being pregnant. Like, And I know that sounds princessy and prissy and whatever it may be, but I could not imagine being in my 8.30 to 5.30 finance office job feeling like this.
1: Oh, no, absolutely not. And I mean, even just like the fatigue alone, the days where you literally just feel like you cannot human Mm. and to know that you would have to go into the office and put on a brave face and for so many people as well obviously they don't let their boss know until they're halfway through so dealing with so much fatigue so much nausea all these things changing having to organize you know a nursery and everything that comes with it there's it's, it's just mind-boggling. You're yeah. like It's like a new full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I think probably because you're such an old hat at the IVF routine, yeah. you had that down pat and you could run that in conjunction with you know your full-time job but i don't think it like it's it's like learning a whole new job once you're actually pregnant because you know you've got all of a sudden it's not needles and schedules it's purchasing things and researching what to purchase and making sure you've got all your doctor's appointments lined up and have you done that blood test and like my ob always refers to it as homework (laughs) each time i go and see her like oh what's on your homework for this week oh okay have you got this injection or, you know, have you had this blood test or something like that. It's a whole new realm Uh, of things that need to be done. It's
0: crazy. And I've gone back to, like, old school war calendars just to – because I can't keep up. Like, I just – between – personal life, business life, baby life. Like I had my antenatal appointment last week and she was like, all right, so we need to book in your whooping cough. We need to book in your husband's whooping cough. We need to do your antenatal urine tests again. We need to do all these things. And they all have to be done at very specific points. So Mm. like she's writing them down for me and I'm like, oh my God, I need to put this all on a calendar because I'm not going to remember any of this. No,
1: exactly. And those appointments tend to go so quickly as well. So you're trying to take everything in and write everything down and You're like, okay, I need to call this clinic. And it's all different clinics, of course, because it's like, well, you get your bloods done here and you get your scan here and then you go and see your GP or OB over here. Like there's just so many different things to keep track of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all the different people, different locations. Like, as you said, GP in one spot, midwife in another spot, scans in one location. Mm. It's just like keeping track of where I need to be and what times and days. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's just more than I expected. I thought this whole second trimester was going to be easy breezy flow through and have a great time. (laughs) I think like it's probably the busiest trimester because you
1: do tend to feel, I guess, the best out of the entire time that you're going to feel. Like, I know there's some people like, oh, I felt so good in my whole pregnancy. And you're like, are you a unicorn? (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. (laughs) But generally speaking, like this is probably as good as you're (laughs) going to feel. So you can get more done. But, yeah, it's it's a, it's a whole new learning curve, I'll yeah. definitely say, but I guess in a good way because it's like the busyness and the keeping track of everything now, it, like, almost prepares you for the next stage, if yeah. that makes sense.
0: And, like, it's making time fly, and I think being busy does help with the anxiety a bit because oh, there's definitely. less time to sit and dwell on, you know, is he okay because the weekly scans are now coming so quickly and, mm. you know, even – I had a few weeks between a couple of scans, but in that time I had seen my GP and I saw the midwife. And so he was being checked on anyway, yep. kind of thing. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just keeping on top of everything. And then the, I guess the only thing I really, really struggle with is, and I don't know if anyone else has got it, but differing opinions from different medical professionals yeah. really throws me. Um I think because I'm obviously an A1 type anxious, I need to know everything kind Mm -hmm. of personality anyway. And you've obviously got so many people that you see during your pregnancy. So you see your GP and you see the midwife and you see an OB and these appointments are all spaced out. But a lot of the time they're asking you the same questions Mm. they're getting the same information, but they'll all have their own stance on different things and trying to kind of take on board what everyone said way up, what's kind of the most popular suggestion or what's the most sensible suggestion for me and then still having to kind of make your own decision like yeah. you can't just ask a question and get a straight answer because yeah. there's three or four answers and you've got to pick which one feels yeah. most aligned to and i think that's the hardest part for me is i wish there was just a clear black and white Someone's yes or no answer to everything yeah. like And it's just like, do I trust the GP who's known me the longest or do I trust the most qualified specialist? Like, who Mm. do you kind of go with and whose opinion is going to be more relevant or more accurate for you? Mm -hmm. And there's just no answer. It's just collating all the information and then sorting through what you're most comfortable with. And that I struggle with because I don't like making my own healthcare decisions. I just want someone to tell me how it's going to go.
1: I think that's the point, though, like a lot of – people say like oh I don't want to be dictated to how I want to have my birth so I guess Mm. like that is probably why there are so many different opinions of like oh well you could do this or you could do that so you just recently saw your midwife did you find that there was a clash between midwife and OB because that seems to be the internet's opinion of that relationship
0: I think the midwife had a clash of opinion with most other spe- in. in Oh, okay. Like right. And I think it's purely just because the hospital system operates so differently. Mm-hmm. And they're very – obviously, they see so many people and they don't see you as often. So mm. there is a very strict process for them to follow. Um, the big point of contention for me is insulin resistance and if that's going to turn into gestational diabetes. Yes. Um, and my GP and I have managed that for – Six plus years, Mm -hmm. mostly fine. Like, you know, we do what they call our HbA1c every three months and that just kind of monitors where your glucose Mm -hmm. levels are sitting and how bad they are. You still have your
1: monitor on? I do.
0: So at the moment I've got a monitor, a glucose monitor in my arm. And so when my GP and I spoke about it, she said, we're going to keep doing your HbA1c like we normally would. Mm -hmm. And then... So the problem with a glucose tolerance test when you are already especially eating a low-carb or keto diet to manage that insulin spike, which I tend to do majority of the time, Mm -hmm. is that you will almost always return a false positive. Whether you – the only way to avoid doing that is to basically what they call carb loading for a Mm -hmm. week beforehand. But. My issue is that to keep my glucose level steady, my body has to pump out so much extra insulin. Yeah, right. And her concern is that's not healthy for me or the baby to be overworking those glands. So. Her suggestion is that I wear the monitor and you can track your glucose. It's like when you have gestational diabetes, you'll have to wear a monitor. Oh, and okay. what yeah. you do is you, eat, you take your measurements so fasting before you have your meals, mm-hmm. and then you take a reading an hour after and two hours after. Oh, okay. And what those readings are indicate as to whether that is gestational diabetes or whether your body's processing that fine.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. So
0: the GP suggestion is to wear the center for two weeks, collate that data and take that back to the midwife and yep. be like, Hey, this is enough data for you to determine what's going on. Whereas the hospital system is very, no, we do the GTT. That's yep. just how it is. That's yep. just what happens. And,
1: and all- do you think that's just because of like a numbers game, like it can't be as personalized through the hospital system, Yeah, but so they have to just have like one blanket test for everybody. Yeah,
0: I think so. And like, I'm lucky in that I'm seeing the same midwife. A lot of people in the public system just go and see whoever's there available mm-hmm, on whatever mm-hmm. day. So I'm very lucky that I like the midwife I've got and I have chosen to see her the whole way through and also into the postnatal
1: yes, spectrum yep. as
0: well. So I'm lucky that it's kind of not this full public you a number, you'll mm-hmm, see mm-hmm, you see whoever you see kind of situation. But it's still they're governed by – hospital policies, sure. which are set by either the private hospital, the public hospital, the government, yeah. whatever it may be. So <clears throat> it's just, you know, trying to, I guess, standing up and advocating and saying, no, no, I'm comfortable with this mm-hmm. decision that my GP and I have made. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, if it comes down to it and it's too much of a shit fight, then I'll have the blue Crest tolerance test and I'll do yeah. the carb loading. And it's not, you know, as unwell as I will feel for a few weeks, mm-hmm. I will do it. But hoping that because I've got such a long history with my GP and this has had to work for us to manage yeah. it so far that they will take that on board Yeah, and go from there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if, like, let's say you go ahead and you do your GTT and it comes back positive, even if it's a false positive, it does change the trajectory of, like, when you can have your baby and whether you have to be induced or you have a Caesar or you're allowed to labour... Mm naturally so yeah
0: so and all sorts of things can be affected by it and like with so I've had this monitor on for about a week now so I'm about halfway through it and it doesn't actually indicate that I will have G- uh, gestational diabetes to so GD. Good. So, like, and for the first couple of days, I was like, oh, you know, before I start collating data from the mouth, I'm going to test it. I just want to see, like, mm. you know, eat certain things, drink certain things, things that I know are really bad, things that I know should be good, and just see how my body reacts because yeah. I've never worn the a long term before. Generally, I get a, a reading across three months or so, not yeah, a very right. specific day to day meal to meal. But, like, <clears throat> Even the other day, and this sounds awful, but I sat on the couch after dinner and I ate an entire packet of mint sliced biscuits and oh, drank yeah. a 600ml bottle of Coke because that's what I felt like for some what? reason. That and, was... and you're like, like, I don't know why I don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, you know what, this is what I feel like and I don't often cave into to these kind of things, yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. going to do it. and hey, it's going to be a good test for this glucose. And see what happens. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to go through the roof. And, like, I think my doctor can access it. Oh, okay. Like, she okay. can actually see yeah. the readings. Um, and I was like, she's going to see this and she's going to kill me and yeah. be like, what the hell are you doing? But to my surprise, it wasn't actually that bad. Like, that's it good. came back in a normal level as someone who didn't have any glucose yeah. or insulin problems would have if they ate that much sugar at 8 yeah, o'clock yeah, at night. Yeah. 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 Well, that, I mean, that's a good sign, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just – It's a struggle because I know that – and then, you know, I've got my stenographer who I see who is actually also educated and qualified in various other aspects of Mm -hmm. maternal health. And, you know, there's a maternal-fetal medicine specialist I see there and another midwife at that clinic. Mm -hmm. So there's so many differing opinions and it's just like, oh, my God. Doing your head in i just need a black and white answer but i don't know who to get that
1: from (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely and you know i think the thing is that for everyone who goes um you know birth is natural and blah 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 and you don't need any intervention i think the thing is that we're lucky that we have so many people who have dedicated their lives to knowing everything Mm. that you need to know and that you've got the options i suppose like as hard as it is because it still gets left in your own lap and you have to make the final decisions, mm-hmm. it's good to have all the information.
0: Well, that's it. <clears throat> You're getting the different opinions. It was like even when I – so you guys might remember back in like week eight of my pregnancy I had a bleed and it was all very scary yes. and we didn't know what was going on. So even after that, the I was still seeing the IVF clinic at the time as well as my GP, as well as the hospital, as well as the private clinic I go to for my scans mm-hmm. and stuff. And they all had varying opinions on the aspirin and blood thinning medications that I'm on, and all those kind of things. And in the end, it was kind of like, okay, I just need to take on all your opinions and then make the decision I'm most yep. comfortable with. Yeah. And it's you know, it's it's hard because you don't. I don't want to make everyone else, but I don't always trust my own judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, am I just making this call out of anxiety? Like, am mm-hmm. I being too overcautious? Um. But, yeah, like I, I guess I wasn't expecting so much of it to be left in my lap. Mm-hmm. I thought I would just go to appointments and be told what to do yeah. and that's not the case. <laughs> no, no. But, yeah, no, I think besides that, we're running fairly smooth. I'm feeling mostly okay. Baby that's is good. mostly okay. Well, he's perfect. He's fine. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with him at all. Um, oh, that's He's so probably nice. very active because of that entire packet of biscuits and coke, <laughs> and coke. <laughs>
1: You wonder why he's mm-hmm. kicking the heck out of you. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. How are you feeling going into the end of... <sighs> So, like, I think that even though I have, I had a baby 16 months ago, I forgot how difficult the last, like, sort of six weeks can be, Mm. and I'm sure it's different for everybody, but... I was thinking like, oh, I've done this right this time. Like, I've made sure that I'm stopping work at 33 weeks and, you know, I don't need to completely nest because we've got a safe space and all this sort of lots of things. I was like, oh, you know, we've we've taken care of things and I'm going to relax and take Mm -hmm. it easy the last couple of weeks and just really soak in my TED time. And I just, I think it's still surprised me how exhausted I am. Yeah. And, like, this week has been the first week I've been back at the gym for my normal routine, and I'm wrecked.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know just, how you're still going and doing it. what <laughs> saying to
1: me, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine at the beginning of the class, and I walk out, and I'm like, I think I might die. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it's just, like, the less pleasant symptoms have come hurtling back at me, so I get horrific, horrific, um, like, sort of gastro like the, the, the acid mm. kind of coming up, and it's just so uncomfortable. Yeah. And I remember from last time, and, you know, some people laugh at this, but the old wives' tale of, like, if the baby has hair, it gives you quite a lot of reflux. And Ted was born with a and full Ted head And Ted was born with a full head of hair. And so I was thinking this time around, I was like, this is bad. Like, she's definitely got to have hair. And lo and behold went and had my placenta placement scan which is like quite in depth and they use like the internal and external ultrasound Mm -hmm. to make sure that everything's okay it's it's not but i'll get into that and i was like oh can you guys see if she has hair because the uh the machine that my ob uses is pretty low grade because Mm -hmm. obviously she's like we scan you pretty regularly especially in the last couple of months like we just go like make sure that her heart is fine we can see the liquid around her that's kind of as much in depth as they do so it's quite a low grade of radiation going into the the placenta Mm -hmm. so with this big scan they're like okay she's got a full head of hair but yeah that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) um so i guess like just doubling back to what i said like i had placenta previa with ted but it didn't matter because i had to have a c-section anyway because he was frank breach and he was duck.
0: Mm-hmm. He like, had his feet like right up in front of his face. There was, they, <laughs>
1: they barely got him out through the C-section. Like they, they were tugging that kid out. So, you know, the fact that I had placenta previa then, it didn't really kind of go into much in terms of like dictating whether I was going to have natural or a C-section. Mm-hmm. It was just another thing to be aware of. It wasn't placenta acridia, I think it's called, which is like when it's at the front, which obviously is bigger issue if you're having a c-section because it means that they might cut the placenta when they're um removing the baby Mm -hmm. but it it wasn't that so it didn't matter and then this time around they were like okay like we'll just check again to see if it's moved out of the way i think i was probably like 80 percent sure anyway i was going to have a c-section because i was like well Given the shortness amount of time between my last birth and my first birth, it puts me as not the best candidate for a VBAC. There's still
0: more risks going into if you wanted to have a vaginal delivery after you.
1: Yeah, exactly. So if it had been like two plus years, then they feel a little bit more confident as long as there's no other reason why you mm-hmm. wouldn't. So I was kind of like, Oh, I'm probably not going to go for a VBAC anyway. And then when I went in for my placenta placement, they were like, Oh, you were right on the cusp of placenta previous still. Yeah. And their place that I have my scan, like they're specialist in um, maternal and fetal scanning. Yeah. So that's totally the right place to be. And they have the OBs on site. Yeah. So you have your skin and then your OB will come in and have a chat. So I thought it was going to be like 10 minutes. Yes, you do. or well, no, you don't. And I was kind of hoping like it would be a yes so I could definitely have that confirmed for me. Yeah. Like same as you, like it's my choice obviously at the end of the day if I want to be back or a C-section. But if somebody's like, look, we really strongly recommend you have a C-section, then I'm like, cool,
0: done. Yeah. <laughs> You know. have no other choice. It's just, yeah. Exactly, because,
1: you know, you can't feel the guilt of not trying to push yeah. out a baby if it's not safe to. Yeah. So I was like, cool, yep, yeah, no, that's awesome. Anyway, so it ended up being like almost an hour and it was a different sonographer to the one I've had previously, which I'm not complaining about because the one I've had previously was a little gruff. <laughs> just to be grumpy. <laughs> so I was like, I had this other lady and she was really nice and she was a little bit younger and she kind of kept coming back to the size of my daughter's head Mm. and i was like what are we doing here like why is this taking so long and she was like oh you know like when we're here you know obviously we're checking for something specific but if we notice anything that seems unusual, we're gonna flag it. Mm. And I was like, okay, what does that mean? Mm. What What is the unusual? So strangely, my daughter's head is like 1% below average. So okay. she is measuring perfect in every single way, except that she has short little legs, which like, sorry, but I'm 5'2". <laughs> <laughs> Hubs is not <laughs> like a super tall guy either. So I wasn't, like, too concerned about that. And she was, like, on the shorter end but tracking along with her normal growth. Mm -hmm. And then her head size is, like, negative one. So she's, like, two weeks behind on her head size. And I'm, like, okay. Like, I, I didn't expect there to be a problem because it's not something that's ever been raised before. Yeah. So obviously, like, they track it in terms of, like, the last whatever it would have been, like... 20-week scan or maybe like the nip test or something Mm -hmm. and so she has fallen just a little bit behind and it just kind of threw in this whole new dilemma yeah and now I have to go back next week to see like as long as her head's not shrinking it's not a problem I don't have a very big head no my family don't have very big heads (laughs) so there's a good chance she just is petite
0: yeah she's like she's after you
1: She's the shorty with a little head, like <laughs> not, not really anything wrong with that. But because Ted was on the 90th percentile of head size, you know, they always like compare in your second pregnancy, like, I guess, like growth and stuff to the first. Yeah. But the other side of it that makes it really difficult is as you do enter like 32 plus weeks, like I'm 34 tomorrow, the ability to scan measurements accurately it's goes so massively down.
0: Yeah.
1: So she's already head down, not in the pelvis not engaged, but like her head is tipped down towards mm-hmm. the pelvis. So to get a measurement, like uh, she probably did it like 10 times over and over and over again. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't think it's just the scan, but it could just be the scan. But I'm not really sure if it's the scan. So now I have this whole like panic. I'm like, oh my God, did I do something differently? And I think because, you know, your first pregnancy, you are by the book every single time. You don't do anything you're not supposed to do. You relax a bit more. But this pregnancy, I've been so busy, I didn't, like, Google every food every time I went to eat it. I just Mm. was like, oh, okay, I can't have raw stuff or anything. that's going to make me sick. But, you know, I'll admit I've eaten ham. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. I have had ham and not always cooked ham. And I was like, oh, my God, is this something that I've done? Like, have I overworked? Have I not rested enough? Like, Mm -hmm. is it? something that I have caused her and now she's going to have like brain damage because I ate ham or something you know like it's just spiraled me in a way that I wasn't expecting yeah I was expecting to walk in there they'd be like yeah you've still got placenta previa you're gonna have a c-section go to my OB confirm the surgery date happy days yeah. that's what I was expecting so I think that was quite scary to yeah. have like oh, actually, I know you weren't here for this at all, but there is a possibility something's terribly wrong with your child.
0: And so when you say it's only a major concern if her head is shrinking, if it's still growing, there's nothing to do anyway? You just no. proceed with the pregnancy? No, there's nothing I, I, can I can do about it. So it's just a, hey, this is possibly what we've noticed, but yeah. keep going as usual. Yeah,
1: exactly. So the only, like the worst possible I- outcome of this is that she has an infection that's affecting her brain.
0: Which is highly unlikely.
1: So, so unlikely. And, you know, like we've had so many other tests and stuff done. Her brain itself, like they can see, you know, both of the um, halves of the brain. Everything looks right. The fluid coming in and going out looks exactly as it should. There's no blood flow issues. She's not growth restricted in Mm. any way. It's just this like random thing that they've kind of come across
0: so nothing else indicates there's going to be a problem it's just no she probably has a petite head yeah (laughs)
1: and then like you know that there's a part of me that like worries about that because i'm like oh my god everywhere we go everyone's always on ted like oh he's so beautiful he's this he's that he's and i was like oh my god is my daughter gonna be really ugly and she's gonna (laughs) have to live her whole life being told how gorgeous her brother is and then people look at her and go oh she has an abnormally small head (laughs) you know like the things that kind of get into your brain and you're like oh my god did I do this to her but yeah so that was a little bit difficult to kind of process and I think yeah just managing the fatigue and the constant feeling like I'm gonna be sick is really frustrating (laughs) Mm -hmm. and oh my god my appetite has gone nuts like the sugar cravings for me have just been off the chart Yeah, and it's so hard because I'm like trying to make sure that I'm managing you know, eating properly. I'm still trying to exercise. Yeah. And then I just want to eat like an entire tub of ice cream. I haven't yet, <laughs> but I want to. <laughs> and you know
0: what? That's what you need. An entire packet of minced sliced biscuits. Absolutely. With, so. Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, it's it's been like a bit rougher than I think I was expecting because I think especially when you have like your first pregnancy as you get down to like the wire like the last four or six weeks like it all feels like very exciting Mm -hmm. but for me i feel like just a bit of anxiety which is hard i'm like you know keep telling myself like you need to get excited and you need to feel really blessed that you're getting this opportunity but all i can think of is like okay now she has a small head and how am i going to do things having a brand new baby and also ted and like my brain has started to go through all these scenarios. It's like what life will look like when she gets here. Yep. And it is going to be considerably harder. Mm-hmm. And I just have to kind of be okay with that and yeah. just know I'll have time to work it out. Yeah. But it's really hard when you're in the moment you're like, oh, my God, this is difficult just with Ted. Like, what am I going to do when I've also got a baby? <laughs> So I think, like, I'm trying to manage my stress levels about it, but I am feeling a little bit more stressed than I'd like to be.
0: Yeah. But I guess, too, I guess once this weekend's over and you've got kind of no more hosting and social calendars and stuff and, you know, you can just relax and focus on baby and Ted and hubby and, you know, we're going to take a break from the podcast and you're going to take a break from work and we're going to kind of let those little extra stresses sink away for a little while I hope that
1: kind of eases I hope so so. because like I do have really fond memories of like Ted when he was newborn and living in that little bubble and like I know Ash is going to be with me for six weeks as well which makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. having that support for so long and I just remember like feeling really fond of that time like just the three of us being together and I think I'm trying to, like, every time something negative pops into my head about the future, I'm like, no, 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 this is good. It's all going to be totally fine. Like, this is something you really got wanted. Like, your family will be complete once she gets here. But, yeah, it's just trying to, like, talk myself off the cliff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's going to be more it's difficult, so but it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be, and I guess, too, I you said, you've got Ash for six weeks, and he and Ted have that great little bond. They so, do, you know, yeah. You'll all get settled in and
1: yeah exactly so i think it's just like learning the new routine and you're probably right like i think um you know in my normal life i probably have just taken on too much in terms of like
0: we're just taking things, things- off the to-do list yeah
1: like it's probably too much when you're trying to manage a toddler and a newborn mm-hmm. So i think that's why we're like let's kind of cut back commitments on outside of life because i'm always like oh you know people go straight back to work blah 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 and i'm like yeah but their kids are in daycare or they have nannies i don't have that so yeah i think it's just managing
0: schedule is different working around two nap schedules almost impossible yeah exactly (laughs) so
1: i think it's just like managing my own expectations for what i can physically do and what i can give my kids and how i need to like change my own expectations mm. i think that's been the hard thing
0: yeah mumming is just going to be a priority for the next few months and everything yeah. else will just have to wait by the wayside
1: yeah exactly exactly which is just one of those things like it was an active choice for me and i just need to choose my choice yeah. as charlotte says <laughs> <laughs> from sex and City. so yeah i think it's going to be fine but i just need to take a load off myself yeah yeah All right. Well, that's probably it. We have meandered around our uh, updates for long enough.
0: (laughs) You know where we're at. So that's us for this week. So we will be back with you next week, most likely, with our final episode for a little while. Um, No idea what we're going to chat to you about.
1: We've got so many things on the list. Please keep sending us suggestions as well, guys. Like We do want to kind of keep this podcast going because as long as you guys are listening, we'll be here to put out content for you. Um, and we, you can send through suggestions on our Facebook page, Instagram, and TikTok. Also, if you want to leave a review like a few other very kind people yes. have, you can review us on Audible, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or I'm sure the other platforms, if you listen somewhere else, probably also have options. But, yeah, DM us, send us an email, whatever you want to do to get in touch. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay, see you next week.
1: Bye. Yeah.